0: All right. And we're back.
1: We're back. We're back. Uh we'd spent the last week in Arkansas so that's why we're back obviously to listeners we've we we never left. We're back like we never left, you know. But yeah, we're the back. only
0: person we the only person we left is poor Jake who we had to put in cold storage uh because obviously we wouldn't be around to feed him or, you know, place his full body mold in the sunlight but now we're back and he's safe and healthy and doing what he loves best our introduction our our intro yep can't thank him enough
1: as always fantastic yeah we were in arkansas we were in oklahoma it was a really good time and while we were there we we saw a movie and we decided that we're gonna we're gonna talk about the movie we saw that's great
0: good job Succinct, clear, descriptive.
1: We're talking about Jordan Peele's new movie. Just came out uh, last week, I think it was. Nope. It's his third film. Uh, Obviously, Get Out is his most well-known one. That's the one that really catapulted him from just being an actor who had been in these comedy shows before to a really prestige director. I mean, he won an Academy Award for the screenplay for that film. And then he released his second movie, Us, a couple of years ago, and now Nope, his third film. Uh, Elliot and I were not going to talk about, we weren't really planning on talking about this movie, but we watched it and we did not exactly feel the same way as it seems the critical consensus did. So we thought we'd throw our, throw our, critical hat into the ring, so to speak, and just give our two cents on the film. And maybe you feel the same way or maybe you feel differently, but that's, that's the movie we're going to talk about uh, this week.
0: Great introduction.
1: Thanks. <laughs> Unprepared. I don't know if you, uh, that was all off the cuff.
0: Oh, wow. Really? That's pretty impressive. You should do professional improv. Yeah.
1: Before we start talking about the movie, we just we also before the movie start, we did get to see the Oppenheimer trailer.
0: Much more importantly,
1: <laughs> yes, which uh we're very excited for Christopher Nolan, maybe our favorite director, his next movie coming out. 1 year, I think almost 1 year to the day. Maybe 1 week less, but we got to see the teaser. It was like 30 seconds of <laughs> Nothing, but it was really exciting. really carried me
0: through all of Nope, I think <laughs> That was the first thing we talked about when the credits started rolling for Nope as we just started talking about the trailer for Oppenheimer and what we thought about it,
1: yeah, Kind of an indictment on the film that <laughs> on Nope itself, I think
0: well, also evidence of just the fact that we're both squealing Nolan fanboys. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we are. That was I
1: was unreasonably excited to see the trailer. <laughs> but uh let's put that aside Elliot. Let's uh let's get your initial thoughts. Let's what What do you have to say about Nope?
0: Let's start. Yeah, so Oppenheimer looks like it's going to be really good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough about Oppenheimer. <laughs>
0: No, uh, so this is interesting because I think that for whatever reason, Jordan Peele himself is really central to the discourse that surrounds his movies. Honestly, sort of like Nolan, uh, he's talked about almost as much as the movies he makes, which is kind of weird because... Every director is obviously a central component of the movies that they make. It's just that some some people have more persona. Some people have more, I guess, interesting personal histories. In Jordan Peele's case, I think it's because he came onto the scene so strong that people just immediately started rushing to crown him like a rising talent, the the man who will usher in a new age of modern filmmaking. And with Get Out, we've both seen Get Out. I think it's a really strong movie. I think it's really good. We've both seen Us, and that's where we sort of diverge from things. And I promise there's a point to all this. Because with Us, I think... He definitely, definitely cared way more about constructing this high minded, complex, like graduate level thesis about interpersonal relations in America in the context of race and charity and what have you. And that's all. Fine, I guess, but the movie itself was not great because the way it communicated those themes was propped up by a really, really ridiculous story. I mean, there's so many plot holes in it. There's it's like this it's like a slice of Swiss cheese. And the reason I say all this is because I was afraid after that. That he had Jordan Peele had sort of bought into his own hype, and that his movies were going to become progressively more self indulgent. And while Nope is better than us, I think the first thing that came to my mind after it was done, and after we start, after we talked about Oppenheimer for a little bit, was that was a very self indulgent movie. And I, I feel like I can I will flesh that out a bit but I've been talking for too long and I probably said a lot more than was really necessary. So yeah, now you say some things. No, I I think you're definitely right. It's
1: hard and I read an article that maybe other people have seen that kind of talked about how Jordan Peele is such an interesting figure because he was famous right before he made his first movie and then his first movie was such a humongous hit. I mean, it was one of the most original films in a while it made so much money it was critically successful it had commercial appeal And so he's become yeah, in the same way that like almost like a Kubrick like going to a coup a late stage Kubrick movie that or a late stage Hitchcock movie that it's impossible to separate the director from the film in the same way that if you were to go to like a Marvel movie or maybe some other movies with directors with a bit of less pedigree, the movie is less connected to the director. And so I definitely agree that Jordan Peele is an interesting figure in that sense, that he's recognizable in a director role and not a lot of directors have mainstream um, recognition. And so because of that, I feel, I kind of agree with you. I feel like he continues to somewhat be defined by Get Out and what Get Out was. And I think to summarize kind of my thoughts on this movie, we talked about when we reviewed Parasite, kind of this difference between the metaphorical and maybe thematic elements of the movie and then the literal, like, story of the movie. The formal elements. Yeah, formal elements. And I think with both us and Nope, he really just leaves the formal elements to lie in a lot of ways. Like, he makes very, in my opinion, half-hearted sort of attempts at a character arc for O.J. and uh, what was Kiki Palmer's character's name?
0: Emerald, isn't that it? Emerald? Yeah, it was M. He, it M. it was something that can be shortened to M. Okay, M.
1: That they sort of had a character arc in terms of like, oh, they're brother and sister, they're a little estranged, and then they come together over the course of the film. But like M is barely in it. And the movie spends way more time building up these metaphorical parallels about spectacle and exploiting spectacle. And because of this, it completely leaves the characters kind of in a place where they're not really almost relevant to the story and that would be fine if the thematic elements were as good as Parasite but I don't think they are and so the movie or as good as Get Out no yeah definitely not as good as Get Out and it's not as well constructed as Get Out so it just leaves me at the end of the movie I'm like okay parts of that were neat and parts of that were scary and like, well done, but on the whole, I'm left kind of feeling hollow. And like, I don't really see a point in what you've just made me sit through.
0: Yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page vis a vis the movie's formal elements, because even setting aside the characters, which I'll get back to in a minute, I think that what this movie is most undone by is its bizarre structure. Yeah. So for some reason, for reasons that I cannot tell you, the movie is structured by chapters, you know, sort of like, well, I was going to say sort of like Pig, but I think that you and me and maybe three other people are the only ones who have ever seen that movie. But basically, the there's like section, the movie is broken up into sections that all have, that are all introduced with a heading related to some animal. Usually, a horse wants a monkey. And it's the monkey. The monkey that is the problem. because so basically what happens is there's this character in the movie named Jupe, who's a former child star, and now is like, he runs like a weird, small theme park thing. I'm not 100 percent sure what it is now that I think about it. But so he has like, two scenes where he, do- he sa- does and says some pretty innocuous things. He's basically just, he eyes a horse from uh, OJ, which is the main character played by Daniel Kaluuya, who is great. And so then out of nowhere, like just after Daniel Kaluuya makes this weird sort of suggestion that we'll come back to about the nature of the threat. Out of nowhere, It suddenly goes back 30 or 40 years or something to an extended scene depicting this time where Jupe was on a show about a chimpanzee. uh, And the chimpanzee basically went crazy, possibly killed some people. It's a little unclear because... He like beats the snot out of this woman, and then I think he bites her. But I, can't, I couldn't tell if it was the, the mother or the daughter character, because the daughter character does show up again, and she's, you know, disfigured. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a long scene, and it's probably the most disturbing scene of the movie. But And the CGI monkey is really bad. I mean, my goodness. And it seems to be setting up something, but who knows what, because not 10 minutes later, Jupe is dead. Mm -hmm. And he's not only does he not really factor into the plot anymore. He's never even mentioned again. Like he is just ushered completely out of the movie and it doesn't make sense. It seems like they were setting up this, some kind of arc for him about maybe getting over this trauma that he witnessed, maybe um, setting up some kind of parallel story between the spectacle of the ape incident and the spectacle of this alien. But then Jordan Peele was just like, nah. And so he just cut it off. And so it doesn't make sense for those reasons. And it also completely interrupts the flow of the story i I would liken it to those episodes that i hate i hate when tv shows like right after a big revelation or just in the middle of a season insert this long episode focused on a single character or a single event to flesh out the backstory and it just completely destroys the flow of the narrative and everything feels a little weird and disjointed afterwards. And that's the way it feels in this movie. Because by the time Emerald or M factors back into the story, I mean, she shows up a few more times after that, but she doesn't really say anything. And by the time she's back to being a character in the movie, like what, 20, 30 minutes have passed? And I remember when she started actually doing things again, I was like, oh, yeah, it really seemed like you were going to be a character in this movie there, didn't it? But I guess not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't want to be too harsh and make assumptions about Jordan Peele and what he kind of tried to do. But I do think as soon as you make a movie, I mean, then as a creator, it's kind of out of your control and it's left up to us. And I don't want us to sound. I don't want it to turn out like I rewatched this movie in two years and I'm like, oh, obviously, this is the point of the whole monkey sequence and I'm just stupid. But I do think it's really hard sitting where I'm sitting right now. It's really hard to see a point to it. And yeah, I agree. It breaks up the pacing. And especially with Emerald, like I was astonished because I read reviews talking about how great Kiki Palmer is in the movie and she's very good, but she's. Barely, it feels like she's barely in it. It feels like she really does not spend very much time around doing anything at all. And I think it is because he dedicates almost like a fourth of the movie to Steven Yun's character, who, again, he's all of the actors do a really great job. I'm a big fan of all of them. But I just struggle to see what the point in spending all of that time. And it feels like essentially what he's saying is the same thing that he's maybe saying through the whole movie, that we exploit spectacle that is traumatizing or detrimental to our own livelihood. But I don't know. I don't see why we need a whole nother thing to make that parallel. And it feels like, especially with the shoe standing up, the shoe standing up is weird. And with the stuff like that, there's a sense in which you think that the monkey is gonna connect with the alien, but it doesn't. And so I was just left very confused and frustrated more than ruminating on the nature of spectacle and
0: humanity. Yeah, I mean, I guess it sort of connects in that the alien, so the the big twist and spoilers, I guess, if you don't want this movie spoiled, well, it's not a big twist. But the the subversion of this movie is that the alien spacecraft is not actually an alien spacecraft. It's like a, an animal. It's a creature, which is probably my favorite. The alien is probably my favorite part of the movie, because I do think that's a really clever, unique way to tell a story that's fairly uh, a well-worn sort of subgenre of, yeah. you know, aliens. And its design is incredibly creative, despite making very little physiological sense. <laughs> but to to your point about two years down the line realizing how uh, how Gordy's section, monkeys section, fits in thematically, I think I would still even if I realized, even if the veil was lifted and I realized that Gordy section is the key to the whole dang movie and contains the secrets to life itself, I would still be comfortable saying that it's bad because it doesn't work formally. Formally speaking, it is inserted in a very awkward, clunky way. Because yeah. take it. setting aside what it means, what it does is interrupts the flow of the story and takes away time from characters who we still hadn't gotten to know yet. I mean, I think that, they were still, OJ and M were still very much being set up as characters at that point in the movie. And it interrupted our sort of getting to know them. Yeah. Well,
1: especially since he shows, like, the movie opens with clips from the Gordy scene. And then the first time they talk to Ricky, to Jupe, there's like a flashback thing. So I would question whether we even need the whole scene. I mean, the whole scene doesn't communicate anything to us that we didn't already know, right? The monkey went nuts. He attacked people. It traumatized Ricky. And now he's, right, thinking he can control another predator. But we kind of, I mean, all of that could be inferred from what we had already seen. So this extended... I don't know if it's 20 minutes, but, you know, 10 minutes, whatever the scene is, that chapter, Gordy's chapter, is not communicating any new information to us. It's just making it more evident, I think, to the movie's detriment. Because like you said, yeah, the pacing just absolutely dies and takes away from the interesting things that I
0: cared more about. I would say trim it down a little bit and then put it at the very beginning of the movie. So then when we get, when we're introduced to Jupe later on, and he talks about it, then we understand what it was. And then at least, even if it doesn't make sense thematically, at least it's, it works better formally. Yeah, pacing-wise.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we, you know, us being fantastic direct, I mean, we can... <laughs> He should have consulted us before making the move.
0: I know. I, 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 I keep on sending him emails saying like, dude, when are you going to send in this draft? I, 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 the movie's release is getting really close. I think that there might be some problems, but it just wouldn't, wouldn't answer me. Yeah. Very frustrating.
1: All right. Well, let's talk, let's talk about maybe some positives because I have some positives that I'd like to say, I don't want to spend the whole time that the movie's pacing is a little off and, some elements are a little fun i
0: don't want to spend the whole time talking about gordy the the only other thing negative wise i'll say is that i think that this move the the big problem of this movie is a sort of reduced aspect of the big problem of us in that it's very self-indulgent there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of fluff in it that feels like the kind of first draft material that never should have survived the editing phase. And the focus on the themes of the movie was very much to the detriment of the formal elements because it is clunky. And the only other thing, I guess there's two other things that I want to (laughs) say, as evidence for the clunkiness is... Apparently, the alien will only attack you if you look at it, because that's just what predators do. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, Even if it is a thing on Earth, it's unclear why that would be a thing for aliens. Well, because he he wrote uh, it. He wrote it that way. Okay, shut up. (laughs) But uh, the way he figures this out is, again, out of nowhere, there's this flashback to, like, a 10-second flashback to O.J., and his father, who dies early on in the movie, and the line <laughs> is so gloriously bad <laughs> because his father is looking out towards this horse who's making a lot of noise, and he says, there's ghost, be in all territorial and everything. Uh, I'm not sure he says and everything, but he says, be in all territorial, and that's how... <laughs> That's how Daniel Kaluuya figures out that it's a predator and that it's it's uh, territorial and it's really it's really clunky and awkward.
1: No, I guess I was trying to get to positives, but since you're intent on talking about negatives, I just say I think the ending of the movie is so bizarre. I mean, the the director cinematographer character is so weird to no reason. He's just weird. Which maybe that's how people are in Hollywood. I don't, I've never been there, but maybe they're just weird.
0: I don't think anyone in Hollywood is so weird that they would kill themselves for the perfect shot. Maybe James Camp. <laughs> wow. Um.
1: And then the whole sequence of them of OJ and M looking at each other and getting the monster to like flip sides just went on so long, and it seemed like it would get to. like a point, like OJ was going to sacrifice himself to save her or something, and it never did. I mean, she literally just gets out of the thing and then runs away, and it follows her, and then OJ is irrelevant for the rest of the story.
0: Well, it's weird because I didn't even realize that OJ was supposed to be in danger there because we had already established that the monster wasn't going to eat him when when he's got the flag thing trailing behind him, which, like, so like it eats a flag early on in the movie uh, and it doesn't, it like can't digest it or something. So it's now like afraid of flags or something. That's how uh, OJ protects himself. Not and not so afraid that it doesn't eat that giant inflatable with like six flags on it. That's true. It's it, it Well, that's the thing. It doesn't make any sense. It's unclear. If we're supposed to think that the monster is no longer afraid of flags, it's unclear why that would be. Yeah, we could have used a ten-minute scene explaining
1: that. I think
0: we could have used a ten-minute scene uh, flashing back to the alien's childhood when it starred <laughs> on a show featuring a big flag, and the flag fell over on it, and it was like, "Oh no, I can't." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not
1: that trying not
0: funny. trying to make light of uh, alien childhood trauma. Though. We'll clarify. Yep. No, absolutely not.
1: All right, so now now we're actually gonna do positive or things we liked about the movie elliot
0: all right well i, I still have some questions but okay whatever
1: <laughs> okay i'll i'll start with my positives just firstly again we've mentioned it before all the actors do a fantastic job i daniel Kaluya is so funny every time there's like some freaky thing and he's just like nope not doing that no thank you <laughs> That was really funny. Stephen Yun does a really good job. Kiki Palmer does great. Uh, the guy who's like the audio video Best Buy Angel. Ke- Angel, yeah. Uh, he's funny. Um, yeah, so all the actors do a great job. The cinematography, I'm a big fan of this. Hoitoven Hoitema, however you pronounce his name. Fantastic. I love all of the extended handheld sections where well it looks handheld where it's kind of a low angle and it's just oj walking along and you can see the sky and you can see the alien zipping between clouds i think those are fantastic and really really get you right in a state of fear especially later in the movie when Right, he's figured out this thing that he thinks if he doesn't look at it, it won't attack him, but it's still right, it's still there. There's still kind of the threat of the thing. I really like those. I thought the music was pretty good. I thought the music was pretty neat. And what was the other thing? Oh, the sequence where the alien rains blood or whatever on the house. I thought that was really nasty and good. I mean, that was I thought that was really amazing. I thought it was really clever. It was one of those things where early in the scene, I figure out like what the alien's about to do. Like when they're in the house and they start hearing the screaming, I was like, oh, this is about to be, this is going to be gross. And then just watching it happen, it was just, it was really well executed. It was a fantastic scene of just very visceral horror. So I thought those elements were really strong in the film.
0: Oh, that's great! You sick, twisted weirdo.
1: Well, it was a good it was a good scene. I was not like standing up, cheering.
0: We're talking about positives, okay? So, Hoyt Van Hoytema, yes, he's he's definitely in the the Deacons League uh, of cinematographers. Um, hmm, what else? Gosh, Talk about Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> <laughs> other the performances, there are some really good, really good jokes in this movie. Jokes that uh, really had the theater chuckle. Um Although it's possible some, uh, at least the guy who was closest to us, possible he was drunk. There were more laughs in the theater when I
1: saw this than there were when I saw Thor, Love and Thunder. Just if you wanted to
0: gauge how funny this movie is. There's not. the there's the review for Thor Love and Thunder that you're gonna get because I haven't seen it and I'm not going to see it. Yeah, not as funny as Nope. Uh, yeah, Jordan Peele, whatever else, is a competent director, technically speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he knows how to work with good people. Um, aside from when people are talking about horses being all territorial. The dialogue is believable and uh and amusing at times, yeah. I don't know, there's nothing that I really like about it. I didn't hate this movie, it's just that when my rating comes again, it's an example of there just not being enough material that I dislike to uh, intense enough a degree to depress it further down or not enough that I like to intense enough a degree to bring it up. Basically, I think this movie was, on the whole, sort of mediocre. Yeah, I
1: I think I'd agree. I mean, we kind of talked about the technical elements, the cinematography, the music, those things. The technical elements are really good. I think it's just the pacing is not great. The script has some weird choices. And just overall, I was kind of left, after watching the movie, I was left more frustrated and confused than thinking about what I think he intended me to be thinking about. That I, instead of leaving and being like, oh, He's saying all this stuff about spectacle and exploiting spectacle and all this stuff that it seems like in interviews he wants me to be thinking about. Instead, I was like, why did we spend so much time with that monkey? Why were the siblings in this for such a limited amount of time? and Why are their character arcs fairly meaningless to, I mean, almost non-existent at some point? Because of all those things, uh, I... I struggle to really rate the movie all that highly because, despite all the technical elements being very good.
0: Yeah. So, another good thing about this movie is even though it sort of constitutes my biggest problem with the movie, I do think that Stephen Yun's depiction of Jupe and the character of Jupe are a believable, empathetic depiction of somebody who has gone through trauma and hasn't yet really come come to terms with it. I mean, after the flashback, when he's just sort of sitting at his desk, staring into the distance, I think that's really good. And it it makes for a very tragic, you know, empathetic character. I just, I wish that he had done more with it, but I do think that this depiction of uh, somebody who's really struggling with mental health issues He's very sensitive very well handled uh and you know I, I would like to see more of that uh in movies there's there's Elliot's activism corner for the moment
1: yeah one just in our la- I think the last thing we'll say before we get into ratings I would take this movie over a lot of other movies That at the very least, Jordan Peele continues to, it's very obvious that he is trying to make something that's both high art, but also accessible to the masses. I think he hit it out of the park with Get Out, where there's a lot of elements in that movie that are more artistic and highbrow, maybe. I mean, I don't think saying something about race relations in America is highbrow, but he's saying something deeper than just, you know, the bad guys are bad. And I think he continues to try and do that, which I think is both admirable and not, I mean, not every director working in Hollywood is trying to do that. So I'm going to, no matter how many times I go to a Jordan Peele movie and I'm like, all right, well, that was kind of mediocre or whatever. I'm going to keep going to his movies because I I think he continues to show promise and we've seen evidence that he can make a really good film. And so I'm going to keep going. It's like an abusive
0: relationship. Wow. Okay. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I completely disagree uh, with that last part. But uh, I do agree. I think that Jordan Peele is a filmmaker, whatever else, who I respect. I appreciate that he's making completely original movies. I think that despite the indulgent aspects of both this and us, I think that he is making a good faith effort to make uh, movies that are, like you said, for the common man, as well as for the guy with the elbow patches in the front row, you know, writing an essay about the movie before it's even done. And yeah, I just think that as we've seen in get out, there is a way for him to marry themes and form instead of just dating themes and cheating with forms on the side. Good metaphor, really good metaphor, Elliot. Thanks. you know, I realize I just did uh, that's sort of like an abusive relationship. abusive relationships are bad. yeah.
1: um so yeah, I think we should get to rating. i don't I don't really have anything more to say.
0: Yeah, uh, the only other thing that I'll say is that it is not possible for. Uh, A crime scene from which 42 people disappeared to be completely absent of law enforcement or grieving relatives uh, three days after the event. That's uh, stupid.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I guess my rating, it's a six out of 10. That's the same rating I gave us. I think it's better than us. So maybe it's like a 6.2 out of 10. But. Ultimately, the only thing keeping this above just a mediocre it's a middle of the road movie is kind of the technical elements, like we said, that bring the movie up quite a bit. And then just the pacing and the general story of the film really left me
0: wanting a lot more from it. So. Yeah, well, for some reason, we've decided to do to rate things on different scales, but I do think that my rating is pretty much the equivalent of that i I'm going to give it a C plus. Yeah. Which is also better than the rating I gave us, which was a C minus. But uh, yeah, I don't need to repeat anything I've said. Just Jordan Peele has a lot of promise and a lot of potential. And uh I feel like this was, despite everything that we said about this movie, that's bad. Had we, reviewed us or if we ever do review us it will be noticeably or would be noticeably worse so i think that nope is a step in the right direction and i am going to continue to follow this rising talent yeah
1: i do kind of connecting to what you said at the very beginning though i remember seeing people after jordan peele had literally only made us and get out and they were like guys, he's the best horror director working now. I'm like, dude, he made two movies. Two. Right? George Lucas made two good movies. That doesn't prove anything.
0: Apparently, Jordan Peele shut down uh, somebody calling him best horror director because he thinks it's John Carpenter. I'd buy that. I'd go with that. I've only seen, well, I guess the 13th district or whatever it's called isn't really a horror movie, but the thing and Halloween are both good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So recommendations, you can go first. What's, what's your recommendation for someone who liked this movie or maybe someone who didn't like this movie and is looking for something to scratch the itch. They wished this movie scratched.
0: Uh, well, those are two different things. Uh, not both not both of which I think can be satisfied by the same recommendation, but I will say that if you are looking for a more unconventional alien movie uh, with some horror elements, not necessarily a one-to-one horror movie, and crucially, a movie that pulls a bit of a bait-and-switch on you as a uh, note does i would say you should watch the original predator oh so uh because that's john mcteerian movie john mcteerian's a great director even though i've only seen like three of his movies (laughs) he's a rising talent nathan he's the (laughs) best director (laughs) he's one of the best ones working (laughs) yeah uh uh but the thing about predator is that it's about well i guess i i mean it's an old movie I don't know. It's about an alien. There's an alien in it, uh, and it's not your typical sort of alien movie. Uh, it is like nope, sort of about the alien hunting them, hunting people. Uh, it's a it's a threat that can't really be fought or can't be fought very well using just bronze. It's it is a bit scary, I guess. Really, the big thing is that with *Nope*, you sort of expect that it's going to be, I don't know, like them mainly running from the alien and it it ends up being something very different. The alien factors in to the story in a different way. And a similar thing happens to Predator where it starts out with the alien very much on the fringes and it's more like a kind of traditional action movie. And then it switches sort of in the middle to being a more tense uh, horror adjacent movie about trying to survive. So that was really rambling. And I don't even know what I was trying to say because I didn't think about it enough, but that, that's my recommendation.
1: That's a pretty good recommendation. That's pretty good. I, this was the movie that came right to my mind when I tried to decide a recommendation and it's super eight i can't the director's not spielberg but it's it's jj abrams it's jj abrams yes and it's kind of his spielberg homage it's very much inspired by et i would say et stand by me movies like that it's about some high school kids trying to make a movie and then they witness something on their super eight camera and then they kind of what falls from that but it's a really interesting movie and like nope and like Elliot sort of said, it's a very fun play on traditional extraterrestrial alien movies. And so it's a really fun movie. I don't want to give it away too much because I think it's a it was a movie I didn't know a ton about when I watched it. And then it was a very fun kind of ride watching it go where it went. And I do think it's maybe a more underrated J.J. Abrams movie. It's got all them lens flares in it sweet
0: My goodness I just recently re-watched his Star Trek reboot the first one and my, my goodness it's just out of control the <laughs> lens flares it's
1: ridiculous I'm pretty sure he's got a CGI most of them in because there's no way he's genuinely getting that many I don't
0: know if it was 3D it would be like the screen was growing spikes directly into your eyes
1: and I don't know, does he work with the same cinematographer or does he get new cinematographers and just every time he's like, dude, no, point it at the light, okay? <laughs> the <laughs> shot.
0: Uh, I don't, that's an interesting recommendation. I didn't realize you liked Super 8's.
1: I don't love it. I don't think it's like a masterpiece, but I think it's, I'm really a sucker for movies that are written very much understanding kind of what the expectation is going into the movie and the ways they kind of subvert that. I think it's very clever. I think it's a very hard thing to do, especially in a movie like Super 8, where a lot of the elements are very, I don't want to say cliche, but I mean sort of born from the things it's being influenced by. So I just think it's interesting. If you like Stranger Things, I think Super 8 is also a very good, almost companion piece to that.
0: Wow, okay. Well, before we start wrapping her up, uh, Nathan has a, let's say, optimistic uh, (laughs) event planned for uh, an upcoming episode. So, Nathan, take it away. Yeah, so we're really excited. We're getting close to our
1: 10th episode. We You know, we had no idea it would get as popular as it's been. We get (laughs) so much fan mail.
0: (laughs) No. What? It's so popular. It really blew up in the greater (laughs) Indianola area. Um
1: no, we're very we love doing the podcast, and I thought it would be neat for people who maybe don't know us as well or maybe don't really know what our deal is as well, Who's who are listening that right? aren't personal friends of ours or aren't right? our mother, uh, I thought it would be really good if we could have an episode dedicated to sort of getting to know you. So we have set up, we've set up a survey. I'm going to put the link in this description, as well as the description on the website and uh, the description of the next episode. But for the 10th episode, we're going to take Questions from you guys, from listeners like you, viewers like you, and we're going to answer them. And we're really hoping to get mostly movie centered questions because this is a movie podcast. So don't ask us if God is real or something like that. Just ask us in person that, like, come to Indianola and ask Elliot in person if God is real. Oh um, my gosh. But no, ask a movie question. What's our favorite genre? What's a movie we really hate? What's
0: Something like that. Do you that. think the case for Christ makes a compelling argument for the existence of God? Yeah, don't ask a question like that. Unless you're talking about the movie Case
1: for Christ, in which case we haven't seen it, so we don't know. <laughs> but we're going to put the link to the survey, Submit a sur- submit a question. You don't have to put your name if you want us to say... Here's a question from Joe Schmuck from wherever Uh, you can't put your name. But we're really hoping to get some questions and have some neat uh, conversations with that. So please do it. Elliot does not like our odds of getting enough responses to
0: do a whole episode. I believe in you and I think we will. Yeah, well, it seems like it seems like I'm always being proven wrong about things so at this point I just I just play a bit of reverse psychology uh, on the universe and I say oh I don't think this thing is going to happen and I don't even want it to happen and then when it does happen I'm like secretly that's what I want it to happen
1: very very clever of you Elliot (laughs) uh but yeah so that's uh all we have for today Elliot you can sign us off with that great catchphrase we're stuck with
0: life is hard and it is full of disappointments and this is this is these are the facts
1: these are the facts
0: and that's but, the way it is
1: yeah but also life can be fun and some things aren't disappointing for instance the next episode of Magellan to the movies will not be disappointing so tune in next week for that